Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Luke and Pete Show. It's episode 32, people. Flavor. Fla- what? Flavor. Is that how we're starting 2018 proper? Hip-hop beats. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> how you doing, Luke? You all right? I am Rome. You are Rome? And where I walk is Rome. Nice. Have you seen that advert? No. It's never-ending on Sky at the moment. <laughs> it's for a show called Britannia with David Morrissey. I guess he plays some sort of Roman... Um, general or something. Right, okay. Is it a comedy show or is no, it he, no. you're playing what, he's doing a serious role? I think it's about when the Romans, I'd not see any of it, but I think <laughs> it's about when the Romans invaded Britain for the first time. Right, okay. What I like about um, people the end of- like him is that everyone, they always just get chance after chance. I, I, no, I think you do a- one men behaving badly. No, David Morrissey. Oh, David Morrissey. Which one's David Morrissey? <laughs> He's like a quite a morose old, like old, older oh. northern actor, serious right. actor. Okay, he was in the missing. You're thinking of Neil Morrissey, Pete? Yeah, I am thinking of Neil Morrissey. David yeah. Morrissey is he the guy who was in The Walking Dead? Google image him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he played the. Uh, oh yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he called the mayor or something? He was like in that? the. He was in um, the Christmas special of um, League of Gentlemen. I can see what. Yes, he was. I can see why me saying that and you thinking Neil Morrissey again. is it a comedy? What I would say is that he does have facial characteristics that are quite similar. To the other Morrissey, yeah, they're, they're both, not dissimilar. They're both human men. They're both human men. But at the end of that, at the end of that trailer, it's him with all his furs and his gear, all his yeah. military gear. I've seen an advert on the tube for it because he's got a bit of a, he got a bit of stubble, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's, it looks cool. He goes, "I am Rome, and where I walk is Rome." Oh, it's okay. good. I want to watch it. Is his name Mister Rome? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Jo- uh, John Rome. John Ron, please yeah, admit you, he's yeah. my business card. Yeah. This is on tablet. Yeah, it's my business stone tablet. <laughs> but yeah, we, we digress even early, characteristically early. Yes. There. But I am doing all right. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Just confused about the, the general Malays and the Morrisseys, really. Yeah. I'm, uh, to be fair to Neil Morrissey, he was very good in the Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a Smiths tribute band uh, at Christmas in my hometown of Hartlepool mm-hmm. and there was a beautiful moment where um, the fake Morrissey the fake Stephen Patrick Morrissey had to roll up his own projector oh right his own still projector in costume stand, still in still like, the Oli out of yeah, his back pocket yeah. <laughs> he did actually have yeah he did actually have some in his back pocket um, I remember seeing Morrissey live once and uh, I can't remember where it was now but anyway he came out and uh, it was like absolute quality, like parody of himself, Morrissey. He right. just came out, and the first thing he said, he didn't even come out to a song or anything. He just walked out on the stage before he played any songs and just said, um, Good evening. It might have been at Glastonbury. Good evening, Glastonbury. 
you are a sight for sore eyes tonight. And my goodness, my eyes are very sore indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Magical. Oh my God, the parody of himself. Do you remember when, like, Glastonbury used to be, like, the, a place where um, bands would have uh, kind of set twos? Reading was like a bit like that as well. Do you remember the Beastie Boys versus the Prodigy? When they had a bit yeah, of a battle. Yeah, I might have been there. Bitch up. I was at that one, yeah. Vaguely, um, yeah. But I remember the Manic Street Preachers had a, had a set two with um, the Levelers. Wow. It was the Levelers versus the Manic Street Preachers and like the Le- and, and the Manics came on and I think it was Glassman, yeah, he went and shouted, um, they should put an overpass over this. I kind of agree yeah. with it, to be fair. So 90s. <laughs> so 90s. What, what was the weapon of choice? Then, was it a palm pilot? <laughs> and then Billy Bragg uh, had got the Manics because the Manics had their own toilet. Right. He sort of posted something on Facebook saying, oh, look at the Manics. They think they are um, so special with their own toilets. I thought they were supposed to be socialists. Well, this is later on, presumably. Yeah, later on, yeah. Yeah, because Facebook yeah. wouldn't have been around then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a bit like Monty Python, isn't it? It's a bit like, oh, who's, who had the worst upbringing type of thing? You know <laughs> when they used to do that thing? Yeah, 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 I used to live in cardboard. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, but um, last week we talked, it was our first show of 2018, and we were talking about futuristic things, and I thought I'd follow up um, this show, number episode 32, with a bit more of that action, just because I saw a couple of things this week that right. I thought would fit in. Um, yeah, it's been... Not even going to ask. I didn't even expect you to do no, that. No, I'm just doing it. You moved to grab something off the table and then did it. Yeah, it was I, was, good... I, was, I was giving you a distraction. It's the first time I've ever seen you multitask. It was like, it was like a magician. <laughs> yeah. A sleight of hand magician. It was like, win, it's like Windows 95 said, oh, look, you can multitask. And I was multitasking on my phone yesterday. I was thinking, I remember when you couldn't multitask on a computer. You had one program and that's all you could use. Yeah, and that was all about the tabs, mate. That's all about tabs, mate. Tab, I mean, tab, tab. I've, got, I've got so many tabs open most of the time. <laughs> um, that's, not, that's not the futuristic thing I want to talk about, though. No. Um, I've got two. Do you want... What do you want? G- give me a number, one or two, and I'll tell you. Two. Say, okay, starting off then is Sophia the Robot. Have you seen this? Uh, is that the one where she's got like a translucent head? Translucent skull? Not... I mean, partly, yeah. She's you got a face cogs blast. In her head. Yeah, she's got a she's face She's got a proper plastic face, but then uh, the fact that her brain, I think it's got cogs. I think just for sure. It's funny because they clearly tried to make her look a bit like the, um, the AI... Uh, being, I suppose, in um, Ex Machina. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it yeah. just looks woefully worse. She looks like obviously. a mannequin. Someone's fucked about with a mannequin. And, if and you went in my bedroom and you saw like a mannequin that I'd fucked about with, you'd be like, oh, I'm not having this. But yeah. they're allowed to do that because they're robotic expe- experts. I mean, they, they actually are doing something with it, though. They're, well, not I'm you're doing, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something with it, yeah. um, And it was, it was interesting because of those listening who haven't seen yeah. this, this is a robot that was put out by some some sort of tech company, and it it was um, it was interviewed by a representative or a, or a journalist from Business Insider, and he sits down and they set it up yeah. like a normal interview. Mm. Have you seen it? I've seen her because she was the one who famously said she was going to um, kill humans, didn't she? Right. Do you want okay. to just, so basically she was? Asked, I heard about that. But she I didn't was know that was she was asked uh, on her big unveiling uh, all of these questions, and she was very impressive until someone said, uh, uh, "What is your what is your?" Um, what would you like to do in the future? And she said, uh, destroy humanity. <laughs> wow, that's funny because she makes a really interesting point in this interview mm. of of saying that she thinks all, all living creatures should be really tremendously respected and all that stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. But, but I was she's really, learnt a lesson. But I was really disappointed with... She's, le- she's been programmed to she's learn a lesson. <laughs> I was really disappointed overall purely because I think my expectations are so high because of science fiction films and mm. stuff like that. So it was clear to me that she was... She was essentially just doing standard answers that have been programmed into well, it. That's why would... she was thinking about the question, really. Well, I think the impressive parts of it would be um, 
you know, the fuzzy logic and stuff behind the what's actually happening. But the problem is, like, if you stick your head over the parapet as, like, a robotics designer and sort of go, look, this is my robot, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like... The problem is, like the expectations are running. You're, you're gonna like it's so it's it's such a weird kind of way of testing a robot or, or showing a robot off. Um, the robot could say anything, so like there's going to be kind of like cul-de-sacs that aren't quite ironed out, and they're not going to look like a they're not going to seem like a rounded kind of a human being because the answers that they give at some point will have to have been um, programmed into a, to a Unless certain Unless it can extent. fully think for itself and evolve yeah, well, itself. Uh, you, the video I, th- I think I think you talked about is the one where um, he, say, he says, uh, do you like um, the TV show Black Mirror? And yeah. She's going, I, I don't watch a lot of television. Yeah. And then later in the interview, she, she says goes, it's one well, of her favourite shows. Yeah, she says yeah. it's one of her favourite shows. Now, unless she's done like a short circuit and like read the um, how to drive manual in about mm. three seconds, like mm. really quick because it's a robot. Uh, unless she's kind of just you know swallowed all of Black Mirror in the last um, five seconds of of talking, uh, which I guess she could do potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just seems like oh you, you've kind of you've you've reached a cul-de-sac that's not very impressive to the casual viewer, let's say. But I always find someone someone who's not really that well versed in this world and we talked to, to Rick Edwards about it, didn't we a number of weeks ago now we didn't get into the to the weeds of it really but to me it always seems like I see news stories of oh my god AI is going to take over the world we need to be careful mm. Stephen Hawking saying this and so and so saying that and mm. you know we need to be responsible with these this technology which of course I absolutely agree with and, and on, on one level I suppose with processing power and different viruses on the internet mm. and stuff like that. I get that but then whenever you see like a robot like this it just completely so undermines it's janky it. as hell isn't yeah, it yeah. it's like this has got the intelligence of like a two year old <laughs> it, it can do anything no it's got the intelligence of a really old person but with dementia right yeah, okay. just really janky kind of like so we're not when I don't think in our lifetime we're ever going to sort of I'm, I don't think we're ever going to be fooled by uh, a computer uh, necessarily but I, I don't fear it it's like you know it's like people in the industrial Re- Re- revolution kind of smashing up spinning jennies you know it's going to happen uh, robotics is a bigger threat to people in manual uh, service and manual labour uh, than, than anyone but the, the you've never of, done a day of work in your life I know so, so I'm not worried so yeah. fine <laughs> <laughs> most of my brain is pretty fuzzy logic anyway yeah, it's like same. kind of like picking out answers from everywhere getting myself in all kinds of trouble yeah, but what I would say is like the, the most impressive stuff is like those those little kind of glimpses of um, of compu- computational thinking um, like the, the Amazon store the Amazon tweet that got put out um, put around where sometimes you'll get delivered an Amazon box that's like, I don't know, got like a one little fuse in it or something and it's got a big old box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we go, why is there so much packing for one little fuse or one little battery or one little remote control? And it's because um, they figure out how much space there is in the back of the van. And so, you know, to protect all of the other things in the back of the van, what they do is, is they yeah. make that box bigger than it needs to be. So that's why that frequently gets... Um, yeah, when you sent that to me a while back, I, it was the first time I'd ever really considered that. Yeah, you, yeah, you, but and, and like order picking and stuff, things like that, like for supermarkets, for, for big shops like Amazon and stuff, that will, you know, people's kind of, you know, zero hour contracts and like crazy stuff that happens uh, with, you know, um, people's rights that way. They'll all lose their jobs, fair dues, but I mean, they'll still need to have somebody who um, programs the robots, who uh, deals with problems as they arise, and, you know, things are going to get a lot less physical uh, for people, I think, and, you know, people will just have to diversify, and, and, you know, I think people like, you know, Barack Obama sort of spoke um, quite eloquently, much more eloquently than I I, I, or you could ever ever speak about, I think. Well, speak for yourself. Well, you know. Um, Memories of My Father, with Luke (laughs) Moore. I've actually read um, one of his books. What's it called? I can't remember. I don't know. It's it's really weird. It's called The Audacity of Hope. The Audacity of Hope, I think. Um, is that the one where he says the N-word and talks about taking drugs and he uh, but he 
because he's doing the audiobook, because I listened to it on the audiobook, it's really weird here in the presence of the United States in the N-word. It's like, oh, I haven't what? heard the audio, but... Yeah. But, um... Uh, what was he, what was he, he, started, he basically spoke about the fact there will be in the future a need for a uh, minimum um, income for, for people yeah. you know without working because I think that's the way because that, that, that's just the way that things will have to have to happen I think that's the way things are going generally I think that's mm. another reason why but, but going back to um, the robotic thing and the AI type thing the, the great thing about Ex Machina that I referenced earlier and we did talk about a while back um, but for those who haven't seen it um, the idea of it isn't that can can a robot pass the Turing test? Which is, of course, you know, does a, does an unsuspecting human being believe it's a, it's not a robot mm. without being told? Mm. The, the whole point of that is, I'm going to tell. The whole point of Ex Machina is the developer of the robot saying, "I'm going to tell you it's a robot." Yeah. Okay. But, but I but I want you to even to feel at the very base of your soul. Yeah. Instinctively, that it's more than a robot. Yeah. And that to me is far more interesting. More than a robot to me. More than a feeling. <laughs> but, um, so, what happened to Deckard's dog? So, so in that film, what, what is Deckard? Who is Deckard's dog? Deckard's De- Deckard from Blade Runner. Oh, sure. In the, oh, okay, yeah, in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the new Blade Runner. I haven't his, seen the new his, one. His dog just. I, oh god, god, you got to watch it. I know. It's so good. I, I watched. I'll tell you why. Watch I haven't it in four K. I haven't seen the. Um, I've actually got an ultra four K TV. Good so on I you, could, um, good on you. I, um, I, unlike you, I, I paid for it. Um, I didn't get I it for free. For it. I spent okay. a lot of money on my telly, thank you. Good. Um, well, unfortunately, um, the uh, again, we talked about the limitations of broadband and the infrastructure. I can't stream 4K. Okay. In my, so there's no way of me watching any 4K content on my 4K telly. So there we go. It's a metaphor for life, really. It yeah. really is. But I was going to say that I watched the original Blade Runner with my lovely wife, mm. and she thought it was a bit slow-paced and a bit dull. Right. So we didn't have the motivation to then go and watch the new one. Right. I just didn't get around to it. But I will watch it at some point. Anyway, so Fear the Robot, Business Insider interview. It's worth checking out online if you get a chance. Um, she falls some way short <laughs> of, the, of the AI on display in Ex Machina, which I do understand is science fiction before you email in. Uh, and so uh, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. And and and, and, and number one in the, in the selection you picked out of one two was this um, probably largely a PR move for the holiday destination that is Dubai in the Middle mm. East. There's there's been an announcement or, or, or a reveal that the police are going to start using hover bikes because the traffic is so bad. Now you've got mm. problems with this, Donaldson. I know you have. Well, it just looks a bit wonk, doesn't it? Again, it's just a bit wonk. Um, yeah. People can't really drive them. Well, That's the people problem. can't drive. People can't drive in more in a lot of places around the world. So I mean, I don't trust someone with a literally a rotating knife fan, like, <laughs> like you know, whizzing around my four head. of them, four, four of them, yeah, four of them. It only just takes one wonky gyroscope to end up in you know you've ended up in whatever Dubai's version of Argos is I, uh, on fire. I think, I think whatever the technical term is for one of those gyroscope propellers on mm. a, on a hover bike should immediately be renamed to knife fan to knife treat people fan. to teach people to treat it with the respect yeah. it deserves and like battery the, the problem with there's a, there's a kind of um, race to, to like <laughs> however big you make these hoverboards however big you got to make the battery is the battery it's going to last like half an hour maximum oh i i before my... they got to go and charge up again i'll just apprehend that that, that thief <laughs> i'll be back in a minute i need to get it in, I need um, to get in, in the last five minutes next five minutes in saudi arabia you never know they might use the knife fans for the executions <gasps> chop the hands off yeah yeah um so put wave your, wave your hands like you just don't care my, my um my experience my sole experience with a drone mm. i went to uh, i went for a weekend in the cotswolds with a few old friends right and my mate was like look this is gonna be brilliant because i'm bringing my drone so all right great Kind of party, mate. Yeah, it sounds good. I, I thought about inviting you, Donaldson, but you wouldn't have come. You're probably out on on the lash in some European city somewhere yeah. at the time. And so we went along, 
at some point he got the drone out in the morning of one of the days. Um, took about 20 minutes to calibrate it, turn, <laughs> turn it upside down, yeah. do all that stuff. What's going on. Um, flew it up diagonally right at about 100 miles an hour into a, like a hedge. Then the battery ran out, replaced yeah. it with a new battery, had to recalibrate it again, <laughs> roughly the same thing happened again, and we put it away and use it again. Yeah. So that's my only that experience with a drone. Yeah. I mean, when you see them done well, I think it's fantastic. A drone pilots are you know, getting... There's this guy who um, did this amazing uh, bit of drone flying. He flew around quite illegally. Um, one of those big trains that you know rattled through, I think, Alaska. And uh, he flew it like around the train. I don't know what the range this professional yeah, drone has. Yeah, yeah. Like it, he followed the train round. He went into the cars, so he was good enough to go into the cars. He went under the train, which is incredible. He went in between the cars. He flew and buzzed in front of the um, in front of the driver, who was not happy, no. um, and then flew back again. It was it's the most incredible footage you will ever see. So I mean, when, when it's done properly, it's fantastic. But I did borrow a drone from the writer uh, Danny Wallace uh, because my dad wanted to fly a drone. Um, that was his uh, dream one Christmas. I think it was last Christmas it was. Um, and I, I borrowed it off him and I took it uh, up north in a big old bag and we, we, we you know, set it up. And uh, my dad um, just smashed it immediately. He, he Basically, his dream was to fly a drone, but he didn't want to be one of those saddles who goes around himself. He needs, like, a kid with him. Right, okay. So I was his kid. Yeah. I, mean, quite I, mean, you are I am legally his kid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and we smashed it. Like almost immediately. Whenever you tell a story about your dad, um, I always imagine this thing's happening at three in the morning. <laughs> it happening at three his, in the morning? His sleeping pattern's got even worse. Like he wakes up at like one now. <laughs> one like, a.m. One a.m. And like he, well, she goes to bed at six in the evening. So I just there's no like I don't get to see him. Like so he goes, uh, I'm going out for a pint. You coming? I was like, it's it's half past ten in the morning, Dad. You know, it's eleven yeah. o'clock. In the morning. I'm like, it's a bit early. You yeah. know, yeah, not for him. He's been not for him. That's what I mean. That's his tea time. Yeah, dreadful. He's chosen that. He's, honestly, yeah. but it, I think he just likes to have the house to himself while my mum's asleep. But it's just like, oh, and he sits at <laughs> nice marriage. I know. I, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, they're still together. They're still yeah, together. That's so, probably the key. You know, it's probably the key. You know, they're not sleeping in separate beds, but they sleep to. Uh, yeah, I was uh, saying this the other day that actually one of the keys to to that to 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 marriage, I think, in my limited experience, is having your own interest as well. So not having to be... So I mean, in a way, My, my dad's interest is just sleeping very different hours to my mum and not hanging out with her. And flying drones with his son. Flying drones. What did son. your friend whose drone it was say about your dad smashing it? Uh, no, it was all right. It, it, like, there was a little bit of uh, uh, cosmetic damage on the, on the polystyrene, but he managed to um, glue it back together. I've given it back now. I, I didn't actually mention that to him. I should, really should tell him that there is some... Well, you've told him now. There's some damage. I imagine he's probably listening to this show. <laughs> um, so there was some superficial damage some to the packaging. Some superficial damage to the packaging. Yeah, okay. yeah. And we right. are legally obliged to say now that drones are available from Rawlinson's. <laughs> My um, What have you got on your It's Been Agenda? Nothing? It's been... Uh, well, let's move on to some emails. Can we? All right. We've had, we've had a bu- another bumper week of emails. Uh, so As ever. Let's yeah. pile in, guys. Hang on. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With we'll look after there's nothing to hear there. <laughs> We've had a few tweaks about that. There's Donald. nothing to hear there. Um, do you want? I mean, we didn't cut their faces off. I've got an absolute. We didn't burn him. I've got. A, I've got a couple of really good ones here, and at some point, I want to give you a few listener emailed in answers to your riddle. Mm. Oh, yes, um, nice. Yeah, do you yeah. want to do that first or later on? Let's, or? Let's, do the rid- let's solve the riddle first. Okay. So the riddle was <laughs> that was sent to me um, via the, the medium of a Christmas card uh, by my friend Anthony Windrum, who lives in New York, upside New York, Manhattan. Um, upside, don't they say so, upper, upper uh, east or upper uh, west? Um, no and is this the guy with the Facebook picture of the cat? Facebook picture of the cat? Where he's got like, his face <laughs> on his... No. no okay. He's not my mate. He's just know him. Okay. Just Christopher <laughs> Knight. Okay, yeah. I, I, nice, nice block. Nice <laughs> you just block. remember nice he might be listening. Nice block. Yeah, yeah he's a nice block. Um, what was going to say? Um, the, the riddle, riddle was yeah. um, uh, the music stopped. The woman died. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Okay. So we've had a few. Uh, look, we've had a lot of <laughs> requests. Not requests. Sorry, like suggested answers. I suppose for this because there's no. Because I, I just thought there would be a set answer to it, but clearly there isn't. Well, I thought you would have known the answer when you put it out there. No, but you apparently you, you no. revealed to me earlier that you don't, so you don't know it. So, <clears throat> what I'll do is I'll read. I think I've got the three most interesting ones here, I suppose, hmm. and um, I'll go through them in order. So, if you have any mud and you're not being read out, appreciate it. I have read it. Um, try harder next time, and all the rest of <laughs> it. I've got a reputation for um, for, for 
being being uh, mean to emailers. So that's it. That's, that's how it goes. Um, Alex is first up. He says, name. This is the sort of thing I want in an email. This is part of the reason he's got his in there. Name, Alex. Location, Watford, Hertfordshire. Hmm. Current battery type. GP Alkaline. GP Alkaline. It's, We've a, good seen that nice it's, good, it's a good solid choice. Yeah. That. Uh, we saw quite a few new ones over Christmas from people who got like electronic items. Yeah, and, and some sort of like branded kind of Toys R Us. Amazon Basics as well. They were quite popular over Christmas. Yeah, Amazon Basics. They're mm. making a big play in the, in the mm. game now, are they? Okay, mm. good, good to know. Good to know. Um, Alex says, big fan of the show, uh, listener from day one. I spent some time over Christmas re-listening to previous episodes, Japanese Creatures, um, which obviously I remember. But he says here, cat versus bird versus Luke, etc. Uh, cat was one of my cats brought a bird into the house that's probably right, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a bird in the, in the, in the house oh there was the a bird in my house at one point yeah they were out yeah they were out at one time um, he says I write with a solution to the riddle set in episode 31 mm-hmm. my explanation is that the woman was a blindfolded tightrope walker in the circus it was worked out with the circus band to keep playing until she reached the other side one night by accident the band leader stopped prematurely the woman thought she was at the other end and she stepped off the rope uh, too busy not having that, no? No, it's too busy. Too busy, that one. You, you, there's too much um, expositions. Too yeah. much kind of like, uh, oh, the band have been, you know, it's been agreed, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I'm not having that one. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. here's one from Seamus Gaffney. Hello mm-hmm. to you, Seamus. He says, uh, hi, guys. Possible answer to the riddle. The woman was plugged into a life support machine with a radio in the other plug playing music. <laughs> the power cut meant music went off and the woman died. Although I'm pretty sure a life support machine doesn't go off in a power cut. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that, Shaman. I would agree with that. And also, yeah, again, the radio on the same plug. Too much exposition needed. Not yeah. having it. And um, I did look into um, the idea of a life support machine staying on in a power cut. And of course, there of course are. Because they have internal batteries. There's backup power and all that sort of stuff. But if you type in Google into Google, Live support machine power cut. There are a, a worrying amount of malfunctions. <laughs> There's about <laughs> two hundred thousand results. My dad used to um, fix them in uh, in the hospital. He used to work in a hospital. Did he he really? was an engineer. He used to fix uh, little pace. Well, I don't think he fixed pacemakers, but he fix, certainly fixed like the diagnostic uh, tools to, to to do them and, and things like that. Uh, I remember my I remember his team getting blamed for a, a defibrillator not working, and they right. were they were having none of it. They right. were like bullshit. They right. called bullshit on the nurse. Yeah, who administered disrespectful if a man's died? But well, you know, fair enough. I don't think he, I don't think he died. Okay, that's the main thing. I didn't need it. <laughs> didn't need it. Yeah, didn't need um, it. Imagine, well, I can imagine your dad you going, your dad going, whoa, 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 whoa. Is he dead? Did anyone die? No. <laughs> didn't Come need back it. to me next time. Didn't need it. Um, what about this from Dan? He says the woman was in the bath, her radio fell in, and she was electrocuted. That's getting closer. Okay. That's getting closer. Um, sadly, he also says, sadly, I've only standard fare on batteries at home, Duracells, Energizers, and a few Tesco-owned brands. Nice. Sorry about that, yeah. Dan. That's okay. Um, and I'll tell you what, I've got another one here. One more then. Um, Mike uh, asks, is the answer that the woman is the ballerina in a jewellery box, and when you shut the box, the music stops? Right. This is the one that I reckon must be... Must be the answer. Must be. I think it's the like, worst it's, of the lot. What? Because the woman doesn't die. She does. She stops, she stops being. She's not a real woman. Yo, you bastard. We're going back to Ex Machina again. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that must be closest to, to the um, to the one. I mean, Terry did come up with, um, was she hit by ice cream van? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but, We're not uh, trying to explain this podcast to people who haven't heard it. 
the idea of me saying to them, oh, well, we do stuff like set riddles that we don't know the answers to. It sounds a little bit sort of meaningless. But yeah, anyway, it go. really is. Never mind. But keep them coming in because I don't think that's good, that last one. And no. Pete, Pete shouldn't be allowed to get away with that, I don't think. I think I should be allowed to get maybe, away with a lot of my things. Maybe once we've settled on this one, we'll set another riddle for next time because I, I do like them. I think they're, I think they're fun. What have you got for emails? Um, words that can't be translated. We were talking oh, yeah. about this briefly. We were talking about like staircase, a wit, and also um, staring into the void or I can't remember the French, the French word for void is. But, Chard- you know, Schadenfreude as well. Schadenfreude, stuff like that. Uh, Lee Hennigan says, uh, following on your chat about the call of the void and staircase wit, here's a pretty awesome uh, word. I've just shamelessly copied and pasted from Reddit user, I can't remember logins. That's a great username. It's your dad's username. Isn't it? um, it's Japanese, so it should be relevant to my interests, uh, apparently. Uh, kuyashi. Right. Kuyashi. Uh, kuyashiness makes people strong apparently as a translator of many years I feel I still find kuyashi one of the hardest Japanese words to translate to English there are just it isn't a, an English word for this emotion in practice uh, we usually substitute it with the word like bitter or painful or hurt frustration uh, but none of them are true translations of what kuyashi means right kuyashi actually is it's double I at the end uh, is that feeling after failure not that downtrodden feeling of be- feeling beaten and defeated. It's that feeling when you're dropped from the team at the last minute. It makes you slam your fist at the turf when you miss a sitter. It's what makes grown men cry on the pitch after losing a Champions League or World Cup final. So close, could have done better. It's that feeling where it was in your hands. Mm. That lump in your throat when your professor publishes your research in his name. It's the fever behind your eyeballs when your crush marries your friend. It's your fist clenching your bank statement as you terminate that awesome game you're developing because you haven't got the funding. I mean, this That's sounds very, like very specific. specific. Yeah. <laughs> it's very specific. Uh, but it's, it's the feeling of wanting another shot, basically. Kiyashi. Right. I like that. And nice, w- what's the name of the email again, sorry? Uh, the email is the word... Lee. Lee. So, well, that's very, very good, and I, I'm interested in that. But what I'm also interested in as well, I'm fairly certain I read a number of years ago that the world of translation, mm. so translator, is very, very competitive. Oh, yeah, so huge. Yeah. The idea of being a translator that translates, I don't know, like a Russian classic or something like that into English or whatever it may be, mm. is like fiercely, fiercely competitive. Mm. So if Lee can shed any light on that world, That'd be mm. fantastic. I find, I find, because uh, I'm big into, big into video games, I find the idea of this translation, this localization as well, because a lot of video games yeah. come from Japan. Yeah. Um, they're translated, but they're also localized as yeah. well because okay. some things just do to not To make trans- it more relevant. Yeah, things things just don't don't um, cross over really very well. Um, but, but, of- I was just, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, because initially, the reason, not just to further clarify that, initially you think, well, just translate it into that language. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've written a book in Spanish, mm. Just and we want to read it in English. Translate it into mm. it's not as easy as that. Mm. There's a lot goes into it. It's very, very, very detailed and yep. very, very complicated. And it's a fan, it's a fascinating world. Well, that uh, PM says hello, Luke and Peter. Just a quick one on foreign phrases. Uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention the German word. Oh, God, oh problems this. <laughs> Back pfeifengesicht. Try about that. Where Back- is it? Backfeifengesicht. That's good. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, um, it's a face in need of a slap, <laughs> which is great, isn't it? Back for yeah. Because yeah. everyone knows exactly what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Just that kind of fucking Noel Edmonds fucking... You, you and I have both had that set about us. Oh, we do. About question. faces. But then I think my face um, is a little bit too drawn. I don't think anyone would enjoy slapping my face. Your it face is too angular. Yeah, it's too, too angular. angular. Yeah. Um, Ewan Burns, uh, my favourite French translation is for brains when it's on a restaurant menu. You occasionally see it every now and again. Uh, the French is fromage de tête. Head cheese. Head cheese. Head yeah, cheese, I, which I, I think was a skateboard magazine back in the day. Right. Or maybe, I've, or a punk compilation. Well, you're, you're sounding much cooler than I'm about to sound, mm. because I remember seeing head cheese mm. on available for purchase 
in like a little corner shop in London. And it was in like a salami tube type shape. Oh, right, okay. But it was basically just brains. Brains. Imagine buying that. But look, if, I, if I'm going to eat brains, it's going to need to be from a very, very good quality supplier. Yeah, I'm not buying not, it from a 24-hour garage <laughs> or, a, or a corner shop or whatever But I think we're, we're the CGD uh, Kreisfeld-Siakoff disease uh, yeah. generation, aren't we? We're, we kind of were worried about um, mad cow disease and stuff like that, eating, eating contaminated meat. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know... The Daily Mail has got a lot to answer for when it comes to how um, adventurous we are in food. Yeah, I'm scared of eggs still, mate. What's the name of that? What's the name of that pressure group that um, Steve Coogan was involved with and Hugh Grant? Oh yeah, uh, bad press or something. I can't remember. I can't remember. Right, um, we got <clears throat> before we move on. Um, do you want because because we're sort of rapidly running out of time to do this type of email? Mm. Do you want another Christmas? Let's have a Christmas <clears throat> one. They're yeah. one of my favorite. This might be one of my favorite threads. The theme, the, the theme times is you've ruined Christmas. Yeah, you ha- you've ruined Christmas has to be involved. Mm. Um, and this is an email from Andrew from Cornwall, who's mm. got a, a lovely pair of new power batteries. New power Presum- sounds a bit uh, third rate. Yeah, but never mind. presumably in his in his uh, in his quite right wing TV remote. <laughs> uh, he says, "Hi, chaps. This year's Christmas debacle seemed a perfect fit for your compilation of tales of the fateful you've ruined Christmas." So this is fresh off the press yep this is um this christmas just gone a few wow. weeks ago uh andrew says uh one of my mum's friends was going away for two weeks over christmas and left us looking after her dog scruffy oh scruffy is quite a small ugly shih tzu and over the christmas period it was mum's request that any presents containing chocolate were left hidden away and not put under the tree where the dog could get at them my brother returned home on Christmas Eve while myself and my mum were out at a Christmas meal. And before going off to bed, he proceeded to put all of his presents for the family under the tree. Nice, festive. Chocolates and all. He's playing Santa. Yeah. Uh, completely unaware of the unwritten rule. My mother was horrified on Christmas morning to find a very still dog stretched out on the floor oh. in a chocolate-induced coma with the wrapping paper of a chocolate Santa as hard evidence for the events which must have taken place overnight. That's the thing about dogs. They are highly allergic to chocolate, but they love it so much. And they are insatiable. That's <laughs> so weird, isn't it? Uh, when I was over in the US, um, or it might have been just before, um, my father-in-law's dog mm. uh, snaffled his way through, I think, four sticks of butter. Nice. They are insane. I mean, they, 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 they remind me of me when I get all of a chocolate Santa. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, I treat chocolate and sweets like food. Yes, yeah, it all must go. It yeah. all must go. Thankfully, the dog was not dead. Good. Um, however, Mum did have to rush him to the nearest open vet's half an hour away, leaving my vegan brother at home cooking the turkey on Christmas morning. <laughs> the dog was fine, but spent his Christmas day being pumped with charcoal every mm. hour in a prescribed attempt to rid himself of the delicious poison he consumed. I didn't know that was the treatment for dogs who ate chocolate too much. It's a treatment for anyone who's uh, getting their stomach pumped. Right. Uh, the vet's bill was £96. And the mistake my brother made did, of course, for mum at least, mean the phrase, you've ruined Christmas, was painfully apt. Why isn't there a, a, a reliable um, product for dog owners that they can just keep in the cupboard that's, you know, presumably a charcoal pump um, mm. that they can administer themselves? You could patent one. You paint one. I could paint one. Yeah. I could, if I knew um, anything about dogs or dog safety. Speaking of, um, of um, vet's bills. Right. It is expensive to vet. Crazy, isn't it? And, and I think I think the problem is, as, as an owner of two cats, Hercules and Magnus, I think as the problem I find is that with the pet insurance thing, like the insurance products are rubbish. Like, yeah, the excess is stupid. Yeah. Things happen to animals all the time, and you'd forever be on the phone to the insurance company, yeah. and you'd forever paying excess, and your bills would go up. Like one of my cats, Magnus, is like particularly bad, at just getting into trouble. So, um, 
he 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 walked along a creosote, a freshly creosoted fence, right, and um, got a lot of creosote in his uh, <laughs> paw, which Delicious. is obviously t- toxic and burns him. So he comes right. in with his paw like that, looking at me. So I take him to the vet. She literally pulls out a swab, alcohol, she, yeah. Does it, cleans it. Yeah. Obviously, I can't get near him because he'll just lash my face off with his claws, but right. she can because she's a vet. Took about 10 minutes, 75 quid. Right. It's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. Do it yourself, mate. <laughs> Should give do. A little, give him a little alcohol bath. That's what I threatened him with. <laughs> I'll do it myself if you want. Like I, rec- it. I reckon he's cost me 500 quid in vet's bills. Well, he's, only, he's only four. Yeah, but he eats food not suitable for humans, so I mean, it's cheaper, isn't it? True, actually. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for that, Andrew. And I hope, um, I hope Scruffy the Shih Tzu. I thought you've called him ugly there, which I think is quite, quite poor. Shih Tzus aren't um, the best animals. Well, but it's a nice dog. He's got, it's a, nice it's got dog. a heart and soul. It likes to be looked after. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to hear a, a quick um, Christmas story from Steve Fisher? Yeah, got a really quick one. All right. Uh, so uh, it was about seven or eight years ago, and my mates had a, and I had a Christmas tradition of going out as soon as the pub is opened to Christmas Eve uh, and uh, getting utterly annihilated. Uh, during those days, the pubs would close for a few what hours. A in phrase. The... <laughs> during those days, the pubs would close for a few hours in the daytime to ensure idiots like us couldn't drink nonstop. But we'd head back to our mum's house, and she'd cook us all steak and chips uh, with wine before we went back to the pub in Norfolk State to leave the house. At the time, my now buried nan was still with us, and one of my mates brought along his big brother, who happened to be a decade decorated Olympian. We sh- he shall uh, remain nameless. My nan was five foot tall, frail, extremely quiet, but also a little bit mad. Uh, my friends and I sat down to our bottles of red and slap up meal at my parents' dining table. That sounds lovely. It's the I- famous I'm person name that you're just not reading it out. Uh, I'm not, uh, uh, it's not him. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> that sounds lovely. Lovely steak. Steak and red wine. Oh, yeah. I'll go for that right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 10 a.m. Yeah, I know. Uh, my, my nan was perched on the end uh, quietly eating our dinner while we ate ours. Uh, the boys were being quite loud and generally being drunken idiots until my nan put an end to all of that. I hadn't realised that the TV was on. My nan had, though. Uh, she was watching Dirty Dancing. Uh, there was a lull in the conversation as everyone got stuck into their food, as, at which point my uh, 77-year-old nan proclaims, completely matter-of-factly, that that's that Patrick Swayze. He makes me wet. Oh. Fantastic before nonchalantly carrying on eating her food. I looked up up and everyone's face had just completely fallen. The rest of the meal, or what could be eaten of it, was taken in absolute silence before we headed back to the pub like we just witnessed a murder. Has the nan uh, sadly departed? The the nan, uh, the wet nan, has (laughs) sadly departed. Now... A little drier, probably, presumably. Shuffled from this mortal coil. Yeah. uh, I can no longer see... Maybe she's in heaven with uh, Patrick Swayze. Maybe she's in the good place. Have you seen that? The good what? That Netflix show, The Good Place. No. It's good. It's a good. Yeah. I'll tell you about that. Um, I no longer see the guys on Christmas Eve due to babies and families, etc. But without fail, every one of the guys at that dinner table texts me that exact quote while eating their dinner on Christmas Eve. And weirdly, it always makes me smile and remember my nan. Go on, nan. Well on, nan. That's, that, is a, uh, that is a truly horrific Steve story. Stephen Fisher. Fantastic. There we go. All right, any more for any more? Any more for any more? Well, we've got loads of uh, loads of emails, but I mean, shall we move on to a bit of a, a Men Carter action? Let's do Men Carter. Let's have a bit of Men Carter. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. Men Carter! Ignore that bit. Ignore man, it. Man, man Carter, Carter. Men Carter. Men Carter. Did I say Man Carter? No, you didn't. Um, you said Man you said Men Carter. Basically, every week we induct another piece of history into our uh, own personal Luke and Pete Shaw encyclopedia. 
and we call it Mencarta, for can, we are men. Can we get, um, in the office we've got, can we get a computer set up with Mencarta With the original Mencarta. Can we play some Mind Maze? Is it Mind Maze? Was that a game on it? It was a game on it where you'd ask, they'd ask you questions about the, um, about the Mencarta encyclopedia. Ah, I didn't know about that. To, to progress. The problem is, if you went and purchased a copy of Encarta 95 off eBay or whatever, none of the laptops or computers we have have got CD drives. Uh, that's true. I'd have to dump them into an ISO file. Yeah. And then run the DOS box or something. Some kind of, come on, some kind of virtual machine some sort, that had Windows 3.1 off 95 or something. Are we talking emulators here? I think we're talking emulators yeah. here. Yeah, I remember nice. when I wanted to play Championship Manager 97, 98, and, <laughs> and it was there to download. Yeah. And you had to download all this stuff like an ISO yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that crap, yeah. That's what I'd like to do. Cause I think I'd, actually, I'd actually quite get involved with it, an old classic Championship Manager because it, it would run really fast. Yeah. And Newcastle would be good. <laughs> yeah. Here's an idea for you. All right. And this is, this is courtesy of my friend um, Steve Grant. Uh, he, he, he suggested that... Lovely block, Steve Grant. Yeah, you know, when you go to watch a football match and um, you can't get any scores up because the... Yeah, the, 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 the signal's always terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible because there's so many people there. Yeah. Why don't some, wasn't someone just create a website which is just text? Oh, what do you mean? So, so like a, a, um, a low-fi website for the scores? Yeah, so you'd easily, easily be able to load it up. Well, it's just getting connection at all. I, I think the actual, you know, I think um, web pages have got a lot more flabby. But yeah, you, you're right. It would help things, but just getting a connection is hard enough, isn't it? Surely half the reason you can't sort of upload or, or update an app showing scores is because you've got a bloody Gillette advert here. You've got this. Yeah. You've got all these graphics. You've got everything. It's so complicated. You just went back to basics, stripped down, raw, naked text. Yeah. <laughs> That would work. What right? they should run is uh, the each particular ground should run a little um, intranet kind of Wi-Fi thing, and as soon as you kind of log on that Wi-Fi, you know, like on a, a splash screen in an airport where it goes. If you want to, you yeah. you've entered a Boingo hotspot. Yeah. Do you want to type in the same generic at gmail dot com, which is what I type in every time that someone asks me for some information, like farts at gmail dot com to get onto some free Wi-Fi. I should do that, but like they should have the scores up. But your email address is fast. It's fast. You know, I've got um, in there really early with Gmail. It's brilliant. They do that with um, at, at Wembley Stadium because it's sponsored that? by EE. It's just all oh, okay. If right. you're on EE, you're in. You're laughing. You're laughing, mate. So they, so they can make it happen. They can make that's it what's annoying. Yeah, that's you know, annoying. That, that's that's along the lines of. Do you remember when London had the Olympics? Of course you do. Um, at one point, there was a situation. I'm sure when to buy tickets, you had to have a Mastercard. Right, that's or you had to have a visa. One right. of the two. I can't remember. So the advertisers failed. But one of them, you had to have. But you couldn't buy it from the other one. It's like that's absolutely scandalous. Outrageous. Yeah, I, that can't have been true. Surely you wouldn't expect that of the IOC. You would no, very, I know they very respectable sort of body. <laughs> uh, anyway, what we got for Ben Carter? This well, is your spe- idea. Now, speaking of uh, very respectable bodies, uh, Andy in Birmingham. I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure, he's fit as hell. We've had quite a few people. I feel like called Andy today. Andrew from Cornwall. <sighs> Andy from Birmingham. We've got an Andy in every part, haven't we? Oh, eh? One wasn't Alex, to be fair. Not an Andy, sorry. Well, you know, still the initial A, isn't it? Uh, Merry Christmas! I mean, we've not read this for a while, so... <laughs> Sometimes we struggle to keep Merry up. Merry Christmas! A uh, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Good to have you along, Andy in Birmingham. Uh, I've actually been meaning to bring a story uh, linked below uh, to your attention for some time. It's the tale of the Danish Navy accidentally torpedoing a village. Oh, my God! <laughs> uh, the shipping question is now a museum to massive fuck-ups in Copenhagen. When was this? Uh, this is back in 1982. Back in 1982, <laughs> December the 6th, it's trying to get, starting to get chilly. Build up to uh, Christmas. A, a, a Danish frigate, uh, the HGMS, appeared a scram. 
accidentally fired a harpoon missile during manoeuvres in the Katagat. Yeah, I heard that when, what happened was the... Um, the captain of the ship yeah. came over on the big PA yeah. and just in, in massive volume to the town went, did someone order a torpedo <laughs> for Christmas? <laughs> Santa's coming. Yeah. Uh, the missile travels 34 kilometres at low level, severing um, several power lines before striking some trees, after which it exploded. The fireball and subsequent shockwave destroyed four unoccupied uh, summer cottages and damaged a further 130 buildings in the immediate vicinity. No human injury was reported. <laughs> Which is great, because it means well, we, can, we can joke more about it. It's did, just incredible, though, isn't it, really? Did, I mean, wow. Do you reckon the captain realised what had happened and everyone was looking at him and he went, yeah, well, it's good, because that, that definitely works, so that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely worked. That one, so good stuff. Test, test complete. Like my dad, did anyone die? No, exactly. Thank it doesn't you. matter. That is that is that is incredible, isn't it? But you sort of imagine that torpedoes, you know, can't really, you know. I always think of them as a sea concern. But so I think to speak. is he saying this is like a, a missile that mounted, just, mounted the ground? It's going just above sea level. Is that what we're saying here? I think. I mean, presumably, did it come out the sea? I don't really know. Either way, uh, there was a navy investigation of the matter. Uh, a technical malfunction was the cause of the launch because uh, it happened without the launch key being activated. So it wasn't actually the um, the seaman's fault. Well, hang on a minute. That is well, a bit worrying. I mean, that's worrying, isn't it? Yeah. For one. Um, so what you're telling me is Donald Trump doesn't might not even need to do the procedure <laughs> for a nuclear. Just jam his jam his fingers, big, tiny little fingers into the nuclear football. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically the manufacturer of the missile later paid the Danish government a compensation which covered all of the damages made by the missile. So for uh, a couple of power lines and, and four summer homes. Yeah, apparently, like a US. Um, Who gets a summer home in Copenhagen? Bit chilly in it. No, not in the summer. I suppose it is, yeah. I've, I've not been to, De- to Denmark. I've been to Sweden in about April time and it was cold. Yeah. Um, apparently a US um, destroyer um, had a situation the year before that as well. What? Um, they mashed what? They mashed up a few summer homes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really remember. Dreadful detail, look. But yeah. yeah, terrible terrible stuff. Um, but at least no one died. <laughs> That's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's about it for us, isn't it, Pete? That's about it. Let's get out of here. If you want to get in touch with the show, as always, uh, sh- no, wait. Hello <laughs> at LukeandPeteShow.com. That's hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. It's hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Yeah, We'd we love just, to hear from you. We'd just like to hear from you. We want to know what's going on in your life, for crying out loud. And um, do do get um, get onto wherever you download your pods and leave us a nice review. That's important. Yes. Tell your pals about it as well. I had no idea yeah. that was so important. Even in 2017, leaving reviews is just the most important thing you can do yeah. for the show. Yeah, or just tell your mates that you love love the show, if you do indeed love the show. And if, if you don't love the show, <laughs> yeah. and if you don't love the show, tell the people you don't like about it. Yes, there you exactly. Because then you Good can point. annoy them. Yeah, nice. We'll see you next week for episode 33. Yeah, I've got some good stuff in the pipeline for that. All right, pipes. Knowledge torpedoes. <laughs> When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.